Hallelujah. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. See you, Malik Graham. God bless you, Abdul. Bless your son. God bless all of you coming on. God bless you. God bless you. Tim, God bless you. God bless you. Every one of you coming on. Tag someone, bring them with you. Bring them with you. Leave no soul behind. God bless your daughter, Gwen Prophet, my big old angel. I see you on Copasta Barber. God bless you. God bless you. Freddie, good to see you. Charlotte Spencer, God bless you, my sister. Thank you so much. Co-pastor, speaking to you as well. Oh, good, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Amen. God bless you. God bless you, Michael. God bless you. My sister, Bev, God bless you. D. Michelle, God bless you. Good morning to you as well. My daughter, Karen Short, God bless you. God bless you. Yanni, God bless you. God bless you. I see all of you coming on. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Want to give just a couple of more seconds, couple of more seconds, give you time to get on. It's a beautiful morning. So glad to see all of you coming on. Amen. So glad to see all of you coming on. God bless you. God bless you all. Amen. Cynthia Jeffries, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Sister Jean, God bless you. God bless you. Susan, God bless you. God bless you, Elder. God bless you. All of you that are coming on, whether it's by way of Instagram, whether it's by way of Facebook or what's this other medium? Zoom, mm -hmm. God bless you. Mm -hmm. We're expanding. Tanya Simpkins, God bless your daughter. God bless you, Pastor Barbara. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Odessi, God bless you. Right where you are, I pray that you're in a good atmosphere. Right where you are, just lift your hands and give Amen. God praise. Thank Father, you, we Lord. bless you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Thank you for another day. Thank you for rest during the night. Thank you for brand new morning and we know based on lamentations chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 we have brand new mercies thank you lord god for giving us new mercies we don't have to borrow from yesterday we don't have to borrow from tomorrow that you have prepared us today for what's been prepared for us you have equipped us today for what the enemy has planned for us thank you lord god that we are going to be well in every area we are well mentally we are well physically, we are well spiritually, we are well in every facet of our lives, financially, maritally, materially, even in the areas of our training, our schooling, scholastically, all is well. So we're asking, Lord God, that your word will go forth powerfully. And everyone that's listening, wherever they are, at whatever time they hear this, it will meet them at the point of their need, because you are a God who holds times and seasons in his hand, according to Daniel chapter number two, verse 20 and 21, Daniel 2, 20 and 21. So Lord God, handle us this season. Let this be a good time. And anyone that does not know you as their yes. personal Lord and Savior. Let this be the time 
Let this be the season that they surrender to you and give their life to you. This is my prayer. I decree it to be so. Devil, take your hands off. We're God's property. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless every one of you. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. Um, Dr. Judith Jordan, good to see you on. My sister, Kim Sturdivant, good to see you on as well. Um, my daughter, Kendra, God bless you. Shantae the boss, God bless you. I see you, Talithia, God bless Bless you, God bless you. And um, Sarah Huam, thank you. Good to see you on as well. I see all of you. I see you. What does I say? Mommy birthed the queen. What you say? Yeah. Mommy birthed the queen. I love it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when I see you all coming on. Is it one name or something? But I'm so happy for all of you all being on with me right now. Amen. Um, I want to get into this. And thank you so much for greeting um, my wife. Thank you so much. Janice Amen. is here with us as well. And you know, it's becoming a staple. You know, until we get everything set up and I know how to do it, which is not going to be happening because then I'll be taking her out of what she does. <laughs> but she's here with us as well. So happy to see um, my sister on God sent. That's my sister, Sister Williams. God bless you. I love you so very, very, very much. And we're yet praying for you. Um, I want to get into this teaching that we have been doing. And we have just been, I, I don't know if we'll get out of this. We'll, we'll probably be out of the pandemic before I get out of this series. Mm. You know? <laughs> But no matter what's going on, everything is still processed. Tian, I see you, son. Everything Amen. is processed. By saying everything is processed, it means that you are never stuck in anything. Right. Because everything is processed, everything is fluid. As long as you are alive, uh -huh. you're going to be going through a process. Mm -hmm. And even when you die, your dead body will go through a process of breaking down. Mm -hmm. Everything is process. Mm -hmm. Everything is process. And so once you learn that everything is process and you settle in the concept that everything is process, get ready for this, you will never, ever say again, I'm stuck. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because as long as you know that everything is process, it's how you handle process that determines how long you stay in a place of process. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Everything is still going to be being processed, but you may stay in some stages of process mm -hmm. longer than you should because you don't want to move from the stage that you currently are in. Mm -hmm. Do you know that when you said, um, when your parents started out very early, said they're gonna put you in school, mm -hmm. the process of learning began. But even though you may have stayed back in first grade, there was a second grade mm -hmm. and a right. third grade and a fourth grade and a fifth grade and a sixth grade. And then there was moving from elementary school to middle school, mm -hmm. then from middle school to high school, then high school to college, then college to university, then maybe university to a trade school or to some other area where you're always learning. All right. The moment you stop learning, you stop living, you begin to die. And so you're always going to be in 
process. It's going to always be happening. And what I want to talk about today is we have been going over the, not only the characters, but the characteristics that one may come in contact with, that one may need, or that one may need to become while you're going through the stages of process. And we have been using an individual by the name of Naaman in 2 Kings chapter number five, beginning at verse number one, and we're going all the way to verse 14, but we have been taking it um, um, verse by verse, and in each verse, word by word, because we were using Naaman as an example because what the Bible teaches us is that certain things happened to certain individuals and was left on record so that we could learn from what they went through and learn how we are supposed to go through various things. It says that it was left on record as an example and for our admonition, admonition. Mm -hmm. And that means that we are being admonished mm -hmm. as a result of what somebody else went through to say, well, here's how I'm going to handle it, or here's what I'm going to do. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 11. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm looking at now is 2 Kings chapter number five, because Naaman was a leper. He was a leper. So it says in 2 Kings chapter five, verse one. Right. But by being a leper, he was consistent in his problem, mm -hmm. but that did not stop him from working. It didn't stop him from going to his job. Exactly. He had leprosy. It didn't stop him from being married. It didn't stop him from having a good report with the king. Yes. None of what he was struggling with or dealing with stopped him from being who he was. Exactly. It didn't stop him from his situation of what he was dealing with. And so I'm I wanna make sure, and, and those of you that are with me on Facebook is pausing, but we're coming back. I'm sure it's just buffering and then we'll come back around. Mm -hmm. um, so what we are looking at is that while you are going through process, and now it just left me, while we're going through process, <laughs> what you have to understand, stay, uh, it's going to come back. We're going to come back because it's cut off and come back on again. Um, while you are going through process, yes. you have to make sure that there are various things that you maintain while you're going through it. Okay. There are things that you have to maintain while you are going through it. Mm -hmm. Process. Um, when we looked up the definition of when we first got started, process breaks you down to your lowest common denominator so that something more can be done with you. Somebody needs to write that down. Process breaks you down to your lowest common denominator yes. so that you have the ability to have something else done with you. Right. Um, I, yeah, we got it. We've got it. We've got it. We're, see, this is Janice's hand right now that's over top of everything. That's why she has to be here <laughs> for us. Amen. Process will break you down to your lowest common denominator uh -huh. so that you have something more can be done with you. For example, we have seen that when a farmer goes out and he deals with wheat, mm -hmm. he 
he will go ahead and he will get the wheat with a sickle by yes. separating it from the ground. Yes. But then wheat has to come in and be processed mm -hmm. in order for the wheat to be used for cereal, to be used for bread, to be used for um, baking cake. Mm -hmm. It has to go through a process. process. That's right. That's right. And some of us want to remain as we have always been, yet we want God to do a new thing with us. We want to stay like we've always been, and yet we say, God, I want change. Yes. There cannot be change until you are broken down or used for something greater. Okay. So when we're looking at this, today I want to kind of look at a passage of scripture, and we've been looking at 2 Kings chapter number 5, right. and for today I want us to come with our attention on verses 6 seven and eight. Okay. Second Kings chapter five, verses six, seven, and eight. Okay. And here's how it reads in second Kings chapter five, verses six, seven, and eight. It says, then he making reference to Naaman brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I, yes. the king of Syria, have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. Okay. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter, here it is, that he, the king of Israel, tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy. Yes. Therefore, uh -huh. please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. Uh -huh. Verse number eight. So it was, here we are, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, yes. that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me. I love it. Uh -huh. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. And what I want to talk to you about today, I want to kind of talk with you about, um, I, I, I don't know if you all are ready for this, but I want to talk about a shift in the process okay. before I'm out of the process. Okay. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about a shift in the process before I'm out of the process. Oh, wow. um, when we started in this journey of dealing with this, each character or characteristic that we came across, we said that's the type of individual we may run into or the type of individual we may need to be, right. or it is the characteristic we may confront or the characteristic we may need to develop right. while going through process. And wow. we did it by looking at the characters and the characteristics that they had. And these were the individuals that came into the life of Naaman mm -hmm. while he was going through the process yeah. to get his healing. And we shared for those who hear me for the first time, we shared that just because you are going through a process, mm -hmm. the people you come in contact with uh -huh. 
are going through process as well. And just like you're looking for them to be there for you, right. to be strong for you, yes. to whatever you want them to be for you while you're going through process, yes. while they're going through process, they are looking for you or whoever is in their life mm -hmm. to be there for them, to be strong for them, or the whatever you would expect them to be for you, they are expecting you to be that for them. I have found in my little, little time of living, and this is actually my birthday week. I'm coming up on 63 this coming Friday, which is crazy. But in my little, little time of learning and living, I have found that most people while going through life yes. and process are basically selfish mm. because we want everyone to be whatever for us to be there for us, yes. to be strong for us, to be affectionate for us, to have money for us, to be understanding for us. Yet when they are asked to be there, to be loving, to be understanding, to be affectionate, to be whatever, for another individual, mm -hmm. they tend to forget that what they want from someone else, they're not willing to be that themselves. That's why we spent several weeks, go back and watch my previous teachings. We spent several weeks of teaching, are you what you expect others to be to you? Exactly. Because our selfishness does not allow us to even see that this person may be hurting. Right. This person is going through something. And I've, I've, I'm telling you, this is an amazing thing. I, I, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, um, I think it was on a Friday when um, my wife and I were out because Friday is our date time to go out, get lunch and just enjoy being out and not thinking about any of the other things. And I was I, in, in a rare moment, I shared with her, I said, you know, people tend to think that I don't hurt, I don't go through, I don't this, I don't that. And I was naming the things that are natural human emotions. Exactly. And here's what she said to me. She said, because you carry it like you don't. Whew. What a wake up call. Because you carry it like you don't. Mm -hmm. You carry yourself as if you don't have a need. You carry yourself as if you don't hurt. You carry yourself as if you've always got it. You carry yourself as if whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And here's what the Lord shared with me. Right. There is, beloveds, a responsibility that rests on the head and shoulders of one who's in charge. You don't get the luxury if you want to be the head, right. you want to be the priest, right. you want to be the king, you want to be the whatever. You don't get the luxury that other people who are dependent on you have because they are needing you to be what they need. That's oh right. my, y'all, y'all not ready now, you know, because see, authority brings with it 
responsibility. Yes, it does. If you're going to be the priest, if you're going to be the whatever, and I, I learned this trait. I learned it. My mom, who is 98 years old, my 98-year-old mother, who at one time at her tallest, she was maybe five foot two or whatever. She's now maybe like four foot 11 or something like that, because as she's gotten older, she shrinks a little bit and she's a teeny little lady. But I watched my mother when she had to leave the situation of my father because of the abuse that and the violence that was in the home, mm -hmm. I watched my mother take six children, yes. leave and go, buy a house, raise all six of the children, working three jobs, taking care of all of us, yes. raising grandchildren. I watched her do all of this walk to the bus stop while she left her car for her children. Yeah. I watched her working from early in the morning until getting off from work at the post office at 2.30 in the morning and I would go to pick her up. Right. I've watched my mother do all of the things that she did. She would go to the grocery store, buy the groceries, put the groceries away cook the food when it was time for dinner, call people in. And honestly, um, all of my siblings, myself, we weren't always grateful. Mm -hmm. We weren't always appreciative. Wouldn't even do the basic things that she has to do, the basic chores that she has to be done. But I watched my mother go through all of that. Why? Because as a single parent, she had the responsibility to do it. And even though my mother had to pay all of the bills, nobody helped with any payment of anything. Nobody gave any money towards anything. I watched that every time anybody came and asked anything of my mother, yes. she always found money. Right, right. Didn't know how she did right. it, but I watched her always have it. So now I am watching that even as I am now, the age that I am and being a husband, being a father, being the priest over my home, I've watched that. I can say, I don't have any money. Right. I can say, I don't have this. I can say, you all see no money's coming in. But my kids, my family still expects me to still have it. Why is that? Because when you're in positions of authority, yeah. Everyone expects you to still be able to do, even if they have no idea how they are going to do. Mm. Now you're saying, Pastor Bamadeli, Brother Sturdivant, Pastor, what, what does that have to do with anything? Yes, yes. When you look at the characters and the characteristics of the individuals that were in the process, in the life, of Naaman, whose problem was consistent. Yes. His leprosy did not go away. Yes. And he was consistent and still doing everything that he had to do. Yes. The people he came in contact with each played a part. The first person he ran into was the slave girl. Yes. And she had the characteristic and was one that was what, Colbert? She was submissive. Yes. The second person, which means that if you are going to be in the process with someone, and I keep repeating it because the psychologist tells us that somebody has to hear something 40 times before they hear it the first time. Right, right, right. She was submissive, which means that while you are going through process, you may need to have the characteristic for someone else that is going through yes. or be the character that has the ability to submit, which means yes. you cannot be right all the time. Mm. A person that is submissive 
has to acknowledge that they are not right all of the time. Oh, now, the slave girl, she submitted to the authority of Naaman's wife, yes. who was submitted to the authority of Naaman, yes. who was submitted to the authority of the king of Syria. Yes. Submission is something that whatsoever you sow, yes. that's what you're going to reap. So now the slave girl was submissive. Yes. But the second character and characteristic we saw was in Naaman's wife yes, and she was one that did what she, stood, she, she stood with him she stayed by him yes. and she slept with him yes. which lets us know that naaman's leprosy was not something that he had from the beginning right. because lepers were not permitted to marry. Lepers could have never become the captain of the king's army. Yes. Lepers had to be set aside. But Naaman had something that came up on him as he was going through life. And I'm talking to someone right now. Yes, and yes. you're dealing with issues that you weren't born with. Right, right, right. You're dealing with something that came up on you. Maybe something happened in the course of your life. Maybe there was a rape, a molestation. Maybe there was some abuse that came in your life. Maybe yes, yes. there was something that happened where you were mishandled. But I'm telling you that if you can learn the ministry of process, you don't have to stay like what happened while you were going through process yeah. because there can be a shift in it before you get out of it. Oh. Oh, 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 <laughs> there can be a shift in the process before you're delivered from the process. Yeah. And remember mm -hmm. that Naaman's issue did not stop him from working. Right. It did not stop him from being faithful. Right. It did not stop him from being a good husband. Right. It did not stop him from being a good boss. Yes. It didn't stop him from being a good employee. He still was able to do it. And the problem with many of us is that we use what has happened to us yes. as an excuse to stop being who God has ordained us to be. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah, but what you've been through does not stop you from going through. What you've had happen to you does not stop you from being you. It is now a matter of, are you going to use what you have had happen to you as a tool, or are you going to use what has happened to you as an excuse? Because Naaman stayed consistent he attracted people, get right, ready, right. that wanted to help him to get out of it. The slave girl gave some advice of somebody that she knew about in the land that she had been taken from. The wife, now listen, if Naaman had been abusing his wife, mm -hmm. if he had been beating up his wife, if he had been taking advantage of his wife, she wouldn't have been wanting to help him, but she knew that he was still a good man, went to work every day. Yeah, he did yeah. everything he was supposed to do. Yes, he had some issues, yeah. but he went to work. He still provided. He took care of her. He gave her a standard of life. So she stood with him. Yeah. She stayed with him yeah. and she did not stop being a wife to him. Uh -huh. She made, but maintained her commitment to him sexually. She kept everything going because she recognized who he was to her. Right, so right. we are seeing now that the slave girl submitted. 
the wife, she stood with him, stayed with him, slept with him. The king of Syria, he yes. did what, Copasta? He supported him. He supported him. Yes. Why did he support him? Because he saw Naaman as it is in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Right. We, he saw that Naaman was one that showed up for his assignment even with his ailment. Right, right. He saw that Naaman showed up for duty even with his dis-ease. You know, there are some people that if they get just a slight headache, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> yes. I can't go on. Yes. They are looking for a reason yes. to not go on. Some people, even when it comes to God, when all God has been is good, they look for a reason to run from him. Well, he didn't pay my bill and I, I paid my tithes. I'm, I'm giving up on God. We are looking for a reason to run, but I'm calling today yes. for every individual who has gotten mad at God. Do you know that you're mad at God? I'm, I'm giving this little illustration. Um, when I was in my mother's house, I told you she, she had to leave out for my dad because of the physical, the sexual abuse and everything like that. And she got her own house, uh, got a bigger house, got a bigger house by herself. Yes with six children yes. than the one that she had with my father before she had the children. Mm. See, if you just don't let the process kill you, you can use what happens in the process oh, oh. to be used as progress. You can use the pain that you have gone through and use that to get you to where you are supposed to be. Yes. So my mom got the house and um, when she got the house, you know, we had our rooms. It was an amazing thing. We had our rooms and um, I had my bedroom, you know, and had to share it with my younger brother for a little while. I'll never forget one time I'm in the house that my mom was paying the mortgage on, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I, I was upset about something. So I got something to eat, the, the food that my mother had got, walked in, gotten from the store and, and put in the house. You know, I cooked the food that she purchased by the job she was working mm -hmm. and I ate the food, you know, and I was mad with her. So I ate the food that my mom had purchased from the money she had made. Right. And um, I got mad, got some wind in my jaws, you know. Why do I upset with her? And I went down the hall in the house where my mother paid the mortgage, went up the steps in the house where my mother paid the mortgage and went into the bedroom that was in the house where my mother paid the mortgage. And I locked the door to the bedroom that was mine when my mother paid the mortgage in that house. Right, my right. mother comes knocking on the door, you know, and I'm saying, I'm mad. I don't want to talk to you. And my mother says, OK, when you're ready to talk, I'll be out. Mm -hmm. My mother goes down the steps. And I'm in my room, got wind in my jaws, and I'm saying, I'm not talking to her. I'm just going to stay here. And I was good. Listen to my Earth, Wind, and Fire album. I was in there, you know, reading my books, shut down. And after a while, it got late. Yeah. And I got hungry. Mm -hmm. So I had to unlock the door right, right, in right. the house where my mother was paying the mortgage and walk back down the hall in the house my mother's paying the mortgage. Went back down the steps in the house my mother's paying the mortgage and had to go back down the hallway um, in the house my mother's paying the mortgage and go into the kitchen where my mother was in the house where she was paying the mortgage and, yeah, and yeah. then had to tell her that I, I wanted something to eat. Uh -huh. and, and the interesting dynamic of this that I want to share with you all is that all of my being mad, all of my running up the steps and locking my door and all of that kind of stuff, um, when I got finished being mad and got hungry again, mm -hmm. I had to still be in the house where my mother was paying the mortgage. Yes. And I had to ask for food from the mother that did the work 
to buy the food and for her to cook the food and give it to me. Yes. And some are saying, Brother Sturdivant, what does that story have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. There are some of you that are listening to me right now and yes. you're mad at God. Yes. And you know why you're mad at God? Wow. Because of something that he didn't do that you thought he should have done. Yes. And so now you don't want to pray to him. Yes. You don't want to go to no services that he's in. Yes. You don't want to go to no churches. You don't want to have, you don't want to read no Bible. Yes. You don't want to have nothing to do with God. But you do understand that while you don't want to deal with God, you're on the planet that belongs to him. Yes. That you're still going to a job that he's giving you the breath every morning to go to. Yes. That you are still able to live and to move because he keeps your heart beating. And you're able to walk and run from him because of the leg strength that he has given to you. You do know that Psalm 24 verse 1 says that the earth is the Lord, Psalm 24, verse 1, and all of its fullness, the world, and those that dwell therein. You don't get away from God just because you're mad, just like I couldn't get away from my mama just because I'm mad. Amen. And so it is important that you start recognizing that there is something that goes with authority. Amen. There is something that happens with authority. Authority. And I don't know who I had to tell that story for, but somebody needs to humble themselves yeah. before God humbles you. you should, don't, don't pray that prayer. I've been teaching over and over again. Don't be saying, you know, God make me humble. When God makes you humble, I told you before, he's got to deal with you like he did with Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, where he makes you go out, act like a wild animal, run around buck naked for seven years, eating grass out in the midst of a field. Maybe if some of us would just humble ourselves, yes. we could see our shift taking place in our process. Yes. Maybe if some of us would just stop being so angry with God and start looking at the role that we played that put us where we are in the first place. If you can just have the ability to shift while you are in the process, uh -huh. it can hasten how long you stay in the process. Amen. I know you're saying, I don't see that in the text. Sure, it's right there in the text. Watch what it says. It says that by the time Naaman got to the king of Israel, it says that he brought to the king of Israel, verse number five, he bought a letter yep. from the king of yep. Syria. He bought money from the king of Syria. Come on, it says that. It says he departed, verse number five, and he had with him 10 talents of silver, yes. 6,000 shekels of gold, yes. and 10 changes of clothing. Uh -huh. Now, he brought all of this with a letter from the king of Syria to get his healing. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that some people think that God ought to just do for us and we give him nothing? I can't afford to give him no time. I can't afford to give him an offering. I don't feel like praising. I don't feel like worshiping. He ought to just be glad I showed up. He ought to be glad that, listen, God does not stop being God. Naaman still with his gold with his silver, with the shekels, with the talents, with the clothes, with the letter, still had leprosy. Yes, he did. Yes, he he did. still had his issue. So having all of your stuff does not get you delivered. So it must not be the stuff that is the answer to your problem. Yes. But when you want to get free, I'm about to mess somebody up. Oh. No amount is too much when you're trying to get free from a problem. 
Oh, my. No amount is too much. If you've got cancer right now, you would give up the beautiful car in your garage if you can just be declared clean. You'll give up all of the money. You'll give up all of the sex. You'll give up. Uh, I don't need another drink. If you can just declare me clean of cancer stage four, if you can just declare me clean. And what God has to sometimes do oh. is let you see what is really most valuable, yes. not the stuff that you have. That's why you, you, the Bible teaches us over and over again that what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Yes. What? It's nothing more precious. It's more precious than silver and of gold. So now we see this in this text for where we want to be today, because yes. it says he comes to the king of Israel right, and right. co-pastor the king of Israel had an issue of a character flaw or characteristic. Yes. And the king of Israel was one that had what kind of issue? Security issues. He had security issues because he was number one in Secure. Right, right. Now, insecure means that he has some self-esteem issues. That's it, that's it. And you need to understand that when you've got insecure or self-esteem issues, get ready for this, get ready for this, you will, I, I didn't tell you this before, I'm going to tell you now, you will either reflect or project your issues on somebody else. Come on. Talk, talk. I'll say that again. One who is insecure. Mm -hmm. reflects or projects their issues on other people. Meaning whatever they are feeling, they then put that on everybody else. Yes, they do. They're yes. thinking that everybody else is that. So a person that is insecure or whatever, if they don't think that they're cute, then they talk about everybody that comes in that's cute. She thinks she's cute. Do you know it? No, I don't. But I can just look at her and tell she thinks mm -hmm. she's cute. Because see, when you are insecure, you look at everyone through the very screen, S-C-R-E-E-N, uh -huh. of your own insecurities. That's why I told you in Titus chapter 1, verse 15, Titus chapter 1, verse 15, it says, to the one that is pure, all things are pure. Come on. But you know what? It says to the one that is unbelieving or defiled then everything is going to be that exact same way to them. Exactly. In other words, if you are a person who does not believe or who is dirty or who is filthy, then you're going to think that everybody that you deal with is dirty or filthy or unbelieving. Oh my, I'm about to really mess you up now. I'm about to mess you up now. Yeah, so because see, when you are um, uh, one that is insecure or unbelieving, then even if you're in a position of authority, so, you're going to deal with issues from a posture of unbelief or insecurity. That is why as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, as a parent, you don't get the luxury of falling apart, punking out, crying or complaining every time something comes up because there are a whole plethora of people. There is another group of folk that are looking at you, looking to you. I had someone say to me, how come you never talk? My daughter who is over here right now, she'll ask me when she knows I've got a lot of things on my plate, a lot of things going on. She'll say, she'll say dad, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And my response will always be all is well. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I know that she really wants to be concerned because that's who she is. Yeah. I don't have many people that really want to be concerned, mm -hmm. but being concerned does not mean I can always divulge the realities of what's happening. Why? Because the one that's concerned today yeah. may need me tomorrow. Yeah. And if the need on tomorrow is now pushed back because of what I shared as my concern yesterday, I have now failed as the parent that is necessary. You don't get the luxury of blowing through everything you have and waiting for somebody else to bail you out when you're the parent, the priest, the one in charge. You don't get the luxury of wasting all of your money and say, somebody got to come through with it. Yeah. When you are the priest, the parent, some may call you stingy. Yeah. Some may say that it doesn't take all of that. They may say it's not that serious. That's because they are not the priest. Yeah. They are not the pastor. They are not the minister of such and such. Anybody in a position of authority, anyone that is over a particular area, anyone that that is the breadwinner, single mama. That's the breadwinner, single father. If you are in your own house, you are the only one. You've got your own place. You don't get the luxury of blowing through your stuff because now you know that you are dependent on you. Yeah. Now, everybody else that's still living off a of mama and living off a of daddy, they may not think that it is that important, but you have to develop a different mindset. What do you have to do? While you are in the process you have to have a shift in it before you get out of it otherwise you'll get stuck while you're trying to go through it yeah. and i'm talking to some right now that are listening to me and you're looking for somebody else to be your deliverer to be your savior to be your messiah to bail you out listen the onus of your deliverance is going to be a shift in your mindset it's a shift in you. Now, why did I say that? Where does that come from? Look at what the king of Israel said. He says, am I God to sit? Look, look at it. Who kills and makes alive. Verse number seven, second Kings chapter five. He is now in his own insecurity, taking on him a responsibility that's not even supposed to be his. Right, right. He puts himself on a level of, am I God? No, you're not God, but you are the king. And by being the king, you ought to know what's at your disposal. This king was over a kingdom yes. and did not even know that he once had a slave girl that was in his kingdom that knew where the answer he was bugging over actually was. Look what it says yes. in 2 Kings chapter number five, Verse number two, it says, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of where? Israel. Yes, yes. She was brought back from Israel. Right. Now the letter came from the king of Syria and it says it is now being sent. Verse number six, he brought the letter to the king of Israel. Oh. Hey, king. You mean to tell me you did not know that you had a young girl in your kingdom who actually had the answer to what you are bugging out on right now. And she is the one who said to Naaman's wife that there is a prophet in Israel that can get Naaman clean. Hey, king, you don't even know the relationship that you lost. 
And while you're in your kingdom, you don't even know the prophet preacher that's inside your gates. Listen, y'all, it's a bad thing when you're so insecure until you let go of relationships you should have held on to. And you've got relationships that you're not even utilizing. Oh, my God. This king of Israel had a prophet that was right there in his midst at his disposal. He had a pastor. He had someone that could have given him an answer, that could have given him some good counsel, that could have introduced him to God. But because he took on him his own insecurities, because in his eyes, if he is one that is doubtful, then he doubts that anybody else can do it. Come on, Titus 1.15, to the one that is impure or unbelieving, to him, all things are impure and unbelieving. Yeah or to the one who is scared, then to him, everything is scary. To the one that believes that there is no healing, then they're going to project that no one can be healed. To the one that has no faith, they're going to always believe in doubt. In other words, whatever you are as an individual, you project those emotions. You reflect those emotions on everybody else. I know they talk about me. Why? Because you would be talking about somebody else. If I was in your shoes, exactly. You are now thinking that everybody is doing what you would do because every you can't get away from it. You are going to reflect or project whatever you are. Come on, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The damage of that is that Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10, Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10 says that the heart is wicked. No man can know it. It is filthy. It is dirty. But God says in verse number 10, but I, the Lord, search the heart. And I'm going to give to each person based on what they have in their heart. Somebody today needs to do like David did in Psalm 51, verses um, 6 through 10. Psalm 51, verses 6 through 10. You need to cry out to him and say to the Lord, Lord, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Because you need to get your heart changed. You need a heart transplant while you're living and walking every day so that you can look at people differently so that you can believe people differently i can't tell you i was one time talking with a woman and she said pastor i want you to pray for me i said what do you want me to pray mother and she said i want you to pray because i've got to go in and have surgery done on my foot and they're going to take off one of my toes and i say i want you to just pray that the surgery goes well i said mother if we're going to pray why don't i just pray that you don't need the i don't want you to pray that i just want you to pray that the doctors get everything out Yes. And I only have to lose one toe. I said, mother, listen, if we're going to pray and release the faith, why don't we go ahead and believe God that there's no need for surgery? I just want you to pray that I don't have to lose any more than one toe. Well, I can pray. But you know what my prayer had to wind up being? According to your faith, yes. Yes. be it unto you. Oh she came back later and said, praise the Lord, pastor. I said, what is it, mother? She said, God heard your prayer. I only had to lose the one toe. Why? Because that was the level of her belief that she was going to lose one toe and that would be all. Whatever you are believing to the one that is pure, all things are pure. To the one that is unbelieving, all things are unbelieving or impure. That is why whenever I walk into a situation, I'm never walking in with doubt. 
I'm walking in believing that everything can change. Yeah. It takes so much time. Someone asked me, said, well, if you would have explained everything to me, then I would have understood. Here's what people don't understand about a person in charge, one that is a leader, one that's in the position, yeah. is that it takes so much energy mm. to try and get someone to believe what you already are believing for yeah. until by the time you get them to the level of believing like you believe, especially if they are already operating from a place of doubt, a posture of unbelief, you then can wind up losing the intensity and the, the, magnamin, the, mag, the magnitude of that moment and it passes you by. Yeah. There are some things, listen, someone sent me something maybe two years ago and they said this. They said, I stopped explaining myself when I realized that people will only understand me to the level of their own perception. Mm -hmm. I stopped explaining myself yeah. When I realized that people only understand me to the level of their own perception. Yes, yes, See, yes. some have already made up in their mind, it can't happen. Right, right, it's right. not going to happen. Right. So when you start trying to say, no, but it can, and this, but no, no, because see, I had an aunt, I had a cousin, I had an experience, I had a, sometimes you have got to go ahead and move on from trying to convince people about things that they have already made up in their mind that they are stuck in, that they're not going to do, and they're not going to be. Yeah. And as a result of you moving on, maybe they will do better for the next person. Because yeah. see, you have to sometimes move on from individuals because they will drag you back before you pull them up. Wow. I've said it over and over again, that if a person is stronger in their weakness than you are in your strength, they'll pull you down before you lift them up. Oh. And I've learned, and I, I told you, I've been on this planet for a little while now. I have found that there are people when I go to other countries, other nations, that they get 15 minutes with me. And the moment they get 15 minutes with me in a counseling or a press session, they take off and their businesses take off and everything goes and they immediately have it happen. And God turns everything around. Yet when I'm here in America, I can talk to somebody for two years, five years, 10 years, and they're still going to be saying, but pastor, but brother Sturdivant, but man of God, because they have already come to a mindset yeah. where they are stuck in the process, yeah. so they won't be delivered from the process. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now I want to share something with you, because there's a very, very powerful passage of scripture that... Um, I love it because I just love what God's word says. And I love his word. Yeah. The, the Bible teaches us something very powerful. And it says this. It says in Proverbs 21, verse 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 21, verse 1 and 2. It says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Okay. Verse number two says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Yes, yes, yes. I like the way that they start off. It says, the heart of the king or the king's heart yes. is in God's hand. Yes, it is. And he turns it. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Verse number seven. 
The king of Israel says, am I God to kill and to make alive? And this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy. He's trying to have a quarrel with me. This other king wants to have a war with me. And he's making so much noise until he gets out of the palace. You know what I just now said? He is in his palace and he is venting. He is ranting. He is talking to those, Janice. These are supposed to be his loyal subjects. These are supposed to be the ones that are working for him. Yet when he starts kirking out, that's an old term. When he starts bugging out, that's an old term. When he, a, a few years ago, he, he was cray cray. That, no, that's not what y'all say no more. What y'all say now? Going he's going off. Now he's going off. You would think that the people that are around him because they are close to him mm-hmm. and employed by him would keep his venting or his ranting to themselves. Yeah. Oh, this is just our king having a moment. See? But the Bible then says in verse number eight, so it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his cloak. Wait a minute. Elisha, you ain't in the palace. Uh Elisha, you're not up in the place. How did you hear what was happening with the king? How did you hear he was having a meltdown? How did you hear that he was having a breakdown? How did you hear that he was going off in his private quarters? Because everybody that is close to you cannot be trusted with close things. You may be trusting the wrong person and you're talking to them and thinking they're not going to say nothing. You're talking to them and thinking that it's not going to get out. You're talking to them and thinking that, well, I'm just easing myself. I'm just lifting my burden. I'm just telling them. You'd be surprised how many people that you tell stuff in confidence that you are not their only confidant. I'll say that again. Just because that person is your confidant does not mean that they don't have a confidant. Just because you're talking to them doesn't mean that they don't talk to someone. Oh, but they my friend. Yeah, but they got a friend. Anything you don't want to hear repeated, don't say it. Because I promise you, as a man of God, I promise you, as a husband, I promise you, as a father, I promise you, as a friend, that everything that you have said to somebody else has found its way back to another person. I can't tell you how many things I'm taking to my grave with me. I can't tell you how many things I'm taking to the Lord in prayer. I can't tell you how many things I'm laying on my face before God about because somebody said it, thought that nobody else would hear it and it's come back to somebody and I prayed when I told them. I said, I don't want you to say this to another person. You shouldn't have said it to me and don't say it to another person. We're going to pray for them. It is important that you understand that when you're going off, the king didn't realize. He thought that because they were his subjects that they were loyal. He thought that because they were his subjects, they could keep his secrets. He thought that because he paid them that he could say it and they would keep it. But the word got out of the palace, but thank God the word got to the man of God. Because now this king, don't don't miss what I'm getting ready to tell you, this king was the bridge. I told you he could either be a bridge or he could be a blockage. But we now come to the next person. Remember, we had the slave girl. We had the wife. We had the king of Syria. We had the king of Israel. The king of Israel was the bridge. First, the, the fifth person out of the seven, the fifth person out of the seven, this character we're dealing with now, we're coming to Elisha. Elisha. Now, we have to come to Elisha because Elisha symbolizes something. Yes, he he symbolizes the slave girl 
symbolize submission. Right, right. The wife symbolized stick to itness or right. staying. Right. The king of Syria symbolized support. The king of Israel symbolized security issues. Now, now. But now Elisha symbolizes a shift. Now, wait yeah. a minute. Uh, Naaman is not out of the process, yeah. but there is now a shift in yeah. the process. Yeah. Janice, I don't know if you, if you recognize this when you were studying it. I don't know if you recognize this, but watch this. The slave girl, she was for Elisha. Yeah. I mean, she was for Naaman. Mm -hmm. And when she was for Naaman, she wanted the best for him. Yeah. The wife, she was for Naaman and she wanted the best for him. The king of Syria, he was for Naaman yeah. and wanted the best for him. The king of Israel was for himself. <laughs> he was for himself. And I'm not going to be able to finish this, but I want to share something with you because whatever you project or have in yourself, you project on others. Janice, did you notice that the whole time, co-pastor, did you pay attention? The whole time that Naaman was coming up with each person, he was good. He was good with what the slave girl said. He was good with what his wife said. You don't hear no complaints from him. He was good with what the king of Syria said. No complaints. But by the time he's leaving the king of Israel, when he gets to Elisha, he's already got an attitude. Oh, why I got to go? Why I got to go dip in the water? Why I got to go do this? He never complained the previous three people. When he got to that fourth person who had that negativity, it affected his attitude. That's Why? Right. Because whatever you are, you project that onto somebody else. Have you ever had somebody just walk into a room and the atmosphere shifts? Have you ever had somebody that comes into a conversation and they bring negativity? They bring doubt? They bring The moment you say something, they say, but why I got to be like this why can't it be have you ever run into someone who needed you but then brought the negativity to you yeah. but still wanted help from you here we now see a shift and my time is gone now but i want to share something with you because see what elisha does is he rec he represents a shift in how you are looking at things what did elisha say he said this why are you tearing your clothes? Come on. Why are you ripping up everything? Why are you kirking out? He represents a shift. And what does his shift do? Are you ready for this? Yes. The shift saves the reputation of the king. Come on. The shift saves the reputation of the king. Listen, Janice, if this king had gone and gotten back to the king of Syria saying, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? It would have been a war between nations. Here you've got a prophet, a man of God who saves the reputation of a king and a kingdom by simply a word. I've come on today, my time is gone, but I've come on today because some of you, all you needed today was a word. You were about to go back into something. You were about to go into the thing that God has delivered you from. You were about to call some people you know you shouldn't call. You were about to take something you know you shouldn't have been taken. You were about to go back into, some of you have already slipped back into some old stuff, some old habits, some old ways. Some of you have already gone back. I've come today with a word and I'm telling you, don't rip your clothes. In other words, stop, stop going through public humiliation. All right. Stop going through public embarrassment. 
Stop messing yourself up. And here's the other part. Stop venting to everybody else. Let me just say this. Instagram and Facebook is not your therapist. Stop getting on social media, putting out there everything you're going through, what somebody said, what somebody did. There is a word from the Lord. And here is the word. The heart of the king is in the hand of God. In other words, the prophet had the hand, his hand on the king of Israel's heart. He says, hey, tone it down a notch. Pump your brakes. Stop tripping. Send him to me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I'm, I'm here today to tell you all of your tough problems, all your tough situations. God says, I'll take them things. And maybe you say, well, I don't have a relationship to God. Listen, DM me, direct message me and say, here's my prayer request. I don't want to hear your story. I just want your prayer request. I'm going to pray over your prayer request. I don't want you to tell me who did what. I don't want to hear about everything from the, in 1987. I don't need to hear all of that. I need to know what your prayer request is. I'm going to pray for you and I'm telling you the almighty God will shift your situation. Amen. I've got some more to share with you. I want you to come back on Wednesday, but here's what I want to tell you that there, the Lord will not take an interest in your situation if you are not calling on him. Yes. If you are out there right now and you've not given your life to him, you're not his child, you're not his property. I'm giving you an opportunity right now to make the greatest decision you can ever make. And what is that decision? To give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe there's someone that's listening to me now and you say, well, I just don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't help you. What I'm telling you is this, that there is a way to get to God that may not make sense to you, but that way is Jesus. He says in John 14, I am the way the truth and the light. No man comes to the Father but by me. I want to go to God on your behalf in the name of Jesus. And I assure you by the authority of God that you'll see a shift as you fall in line with him. So Amen. what's the first thing I need to do? You need to give your life to him, recommit yourself to him, rededicate yourself to him, and then stay out of sin. He's the only one by aid of the Holy Spirit that can make that happen for you. Simply pray this prayer for me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus here, I am. here I am. I surrender my I life surrender to you life today. today. I didn't need a sermon. I didn't need a lesson. I didn't need a teaching. I needed a word. Thank you for sending a word to me. So right now, I surrender. I'm tired of fighting. Come into my heart. Give me a clean heart. Give me a clean heart. Take my stony heart. Take my stony heart. Make it a heart of flesh. Make it a heart of flesh. I want to feel again. I want to feel again. I want to love again. I want to love again. I want to trust again. I want to trust again. I give up. I give up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For saving me right now. For saving me right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with me just now, I'm shouting, heaven's rejoicing. Everyone is happy because something has happened in your life. I pray this word has met you where you are. I want you to go on to my website, www.fumd.com, www.fumd.com, and go to where it says on there, connect with us and just fill out that piece of paper that said, you know what? I've made this decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. And right now you're connected with the whole family of God. And if you don't have a church home, you can be covered by faith ministries, be a Amen. part of what we're doing. You can be a member of this ministry, no matter what part of the world you are in, by going on that website and filling out that form. I'd be 
honored to be your teacher, to be your pastor, to be your intercessor, to be the one that prays for you and speaks a word over your life. Amen. My father and the Lord is in Lagos, Nigeria, E.A. Adeboye, the general overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God worldwide. And he said, son, you know, I'd like to talk to you every day. I said, yes, sir. I know daddy. He says, you know, that's impossible. I said, yes, sir. He said, I said, but daddy, every time I read your devotional, <clears throat> it is as if you're talking to me personally. He said, read the devotional. And every time you read it, see that as a personal conversation between you and I. Amen. He says, and if you have things that come up that are major situations, you've got my number, call me. Amen. So now I don't call my father every day. I, don't, I, I haven't called him at all. I'll send a message to my brother, his son, and he will relay the message and daddy will either give me a message or if it's serious, he'll give me a call. I want to suggest to you, you can go on my website. I've got several books, several books. I've got several books. Go on my website. That's um, jesterdevantministries.com. jesterdevantministries.com. Get my books, I promise you. They will speak to your life. Now, if you are a member of a ministry, God bless you. We're glad that you are doing that. Be faithful. Don't just be a church hopper on social media because your church is not open. Be faithful. Be a faithful tither and giver to your ministry. Your tithe belongs to your church and give your offerings to your pastor, your co-pastor, your man of God, your woman of God. Do that at your ministry. But if you are blessed by what I'm doing, there's no harm in you sowing into this anointing. Amen. Sow where you're being fed. Sow where you're being taught. You can do that by sowing into Faith United Ministries, the ministry that I am graced to cover. You can sow into that ministry by going on Cash App, and that would be the dollar sign, Faith United 7905, the dollar sign, Faith United 7905. Or if you'd like to be a blessing to my wife, my co-pastor, you can sow into her personally on Cash App by the dollar sign and her name, Pamela Sturdivant. Amen. That's it. Pamela Amen. Sturdivant. And if by some stretch, God has blessed you through what I'm trying to do, the Bible says to us, and let's just know in Galatians chapter number six, around verses seven through 10, it says that if someone is sown into you spiritual things, it's not too much for you to release the things that are natural that you have to them. If you're blessed by what I'm trying to do, then you can go on my cash app. That is the dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital J, capital E, capital S, and you can sow there. Amen. Or you can go on, you know, my PayPal, and it just says, you know, um, capital J-E-S Sturdivant Senior, and you can sow a seed there. Or, you know, I've got so many who are saying, oh, Brother Sturdivant, I'm not on that fancy stuff. I have a credit card. You can go on our website. That's the same, www.fumd.com, and you can sow on Givelify with your credit card. It's a Amen. secure account. You can sow there and you'll be blessed. Listen, I'm praying for you. I, I'm praying for you. I know that when I was talking, I mentioned cancer and I'm praying for you even right now for those of you who are seeing a reoccurrence mm. of what you had been healed from. Oh no, the Bible says in Nahum 1.9, you need to write it down, Nahum 1.9. It says the affliction will not come back a second time. That's right. That's it right. will not return in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I know that some of you are concerned about some things. I feel an anointing for the area of healings in your body. And you're saying, well, this is happening in my body. If I'm feeling this, but I don't know what it is. Um, the doctors say they can't find anything. Listen, if it's not showing up on an x-ray, it's a demonic attack because demons don't show up on x-rays. I take authority over every demonic attack Amen. that is coming on your life now in the 
name of Jesus. The blood cover you. Be free in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, someone just had a new diagnosis that came in, um, and, and they're not quite sure what it is. They want to watch you for a while. I'm telling you by the authority of Almighty God, it says in Matthew chapter number 15, verse 13, Matthew 15, verse 13, it says, every plant that my father has not planted will be uprooted. Amen. Everything, every new thing that's coming inside of you now, uh, it is being uprooted right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm believing that the next time you go to the doctor, that there is going to be a shift, yes, sir, a change in your situation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's well with you. Father, in Amen. Jesus' name, I thank you thank for you, the Lord. healing that you're sending forth. You said in Psalm 107, verse 20, yes, that Lord. you would send your word and heal their disease yes, and Lord. deliver them from their destruction. I speak healing and deliverance yes, over their lives. Whatever they ask you, whatever they name my Father and my God, mm -hmm. as your son, I speak that they'll see the manifestation of their expectation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen and amen. amen. God bless you. I love you today. I appreciate you. Amen. I want you to listen. Don't die in the process. Process is necessary for your progress. I'm going to see you on the other side. Shout the fact that I'm going through. That's a beautiful thing because to say you're going through yes. means that you had an entrance, but you also believe you'll have an exit. Amen. I love you. God bless you. God bless you. Be blessed yeah. is my prayer in Jesus' name.